This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Um, Beto and Beto, thanks for joining us. We're, once again, we're continuing our San Antonio Forward podcast, and we have two really wonderful guests today. We have Beto Altamirano, uh, CEO of Iris, a technology company. Beto Gomez, also a co-founder, co-founder of Iris. Um, and then you all are both co-founders of Better Futures Institute, which is a, a nonprofit focusing on civic tech, right? So thanks to both of you for being here, for joining us. Super excited to talk today about the future of work. Beto Altamirano. Altamirano, you've written a really um, incredibly interesting commentary about what the future of work might look like in San Antonio and the South Texas region, extending into northern Mexico, and also um, kind of talking about this region as the future uh, for economic development nationally, right? Yeah. <laughs> because of our ties to cybersecurity, our uh, cross-border trade, uh, the, the role of automation or technology development in manufacturing. So it was just, it was a fascinating op-ed. And, and so when you look at our kind of economic landscape, yeah. you know, what, let's just start with, you know, what you see as, as the strengths of the region. And then we're going to, we'll pivot, of course, to the challenges, but, but there are certain strengths that, that you see uh, economically that we should be um, tying into as we look at a workforce that's going to be radically changed by AI, quantum computing, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. Well, Josh, first of all, thank you for the invitation to uh, join you on, on this podcast. Thank you, Beto. And to uh, be a guest on this series, I think uh, we need more of this type of uh, commentary that can illustrate and that can highlight, you know, some of our strengths, some of our weaknesses, but also a vision forward uh, for San Antonio and the South Texas region. And so thank you and, and the Express News for doing this. Uh, so, so first of all, right, I mean, w- w- when you think about the future of work, um, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What do you think? Technology. Technology. AI. What do you think? I think of the robots coming to take everyone's job, <laughs> like social right. uprising. Right. You know, where how are people gonna pay for things? Like I think of Absolutely. like like total disaster. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> and and I, I have this joke that I have this joke about the future of work that like my existential plate crisis plate is already full. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's no I can't even like contemplate the ramifications yeah. of AI. So that's that's my honest and, and, and I think a lot of people think about that, right? I mean when I think about the future work, I think about an informed perspective that organizations, businesses, uh, city governments, state governments, federal government need to undertake to better understand how work is going to shift in the future. And the workforce strategies that we need to adapt to the challenges that we're going to face because of those 
working uh, landscape changes, right? And, you know, I think that hysteria, that anxiety that both of you talked about, right? The robots taking over our jobs has been happening forever. You look back, you know, 1920s, 30s, the 50s, 60s, right? Um, there has always been anxiety around the concept of automation, right? Um, I was reading the other day about uh, the longshoreman, right? This was a, a job that existed by, back in the 1950s. And there's this big image uh, where there's like 17,000 longshoremen uh, activists uh, gathered. I think it's in New York. And they're protesting against automation because it was the container uh, revolution, right? Which substituted the employment of these folks that were docking and undocking, you know, these ships. And so not a lot of people know what a longshoreman is today because that job doesn't exist anymore. It's true. That job disappeared. And I think a lot of jobs will disappear. But I think we should look at AI and automation as a leverage to create jobs, but not compete against it, against the, pro the progress that it's going to bring and the change and the impact that it could represent. So there's this report by the World Economic Forum, right, that says that uh, about, I think, 83 to 85 million jobs worldwide uh, will be uh, automated, replaced by AI. And that's scary, right? And it's the same for that report that came out that probably, I mean, it made the rounds that 14% of the, the workforce in San Antonio is going to be uh, replaced by automation and AI. Uh, look, it's, that's where we're heading. We're not going to stop this trend. We're, we have to adapt to this trend. So again, it's not about competing with AI. It's about leveraging AI to create jobs, right? So when I think about the strengths of San Antonio, there's so many strengths to talk about, right? But geographically, we're located in a, in a, in a, in a place that allows us to have proximity to Mexico, to build the relationship with another city like Austin that is experiencing a lot of growth and momentum in the tech sector as well. And you have the Gulf Coast as well. So you have this this South Texas Triangle that uh, that we're talking about, right? That, that that's, right. that's what the series is about, right? And I think we need to leverage that momentum moving forward. And one of the strengths that I see that San Antonio has to do a better job in marketing and in promoting is cybersecurity. That's one. And the second is biotech. But the question is, how can we adapt to those trends? How can we become uh, a champion for those two industries here in San Antonio. So I make the case and I study three areas, right? Which is uh, recruiting and attracting major enterprises. The second is uh, reskilling and upskilling for industry 4.0. So the fourth industrial revolution. And the last area where I focus on in this article is adapting and collaborating with the cities and the region as a whole. So I'll stop there. Right. I mean, the article is, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's it, obviously it's super forward looking. And what struck me was it's incredibly optimistic, right? That yeah. uh, you, you, you sort of look at the, the, the built in industries, I guess, of cybersecurity in particular, the, um, uh, coding, working with code up and, and, and other, uh, tech infrastructure, right. To, to grow that and then kind of combine that with how we can link, across uh, across the border into northern Mexico and and of course down into the Rio Grande Absolutely. Valley so so um, 
you know, why don't you expand on that optimism? Because you end by yeah. saying <laughs> you you end by saying that that you know San yeah. Antonio could be this this model for for the nation that a model for uh, you don't use the words literally economic development, but but you talk about our cultural diversity and and our ability to tap into these sectors to kind of show, I guess, how to integrate with with technology developments? I mean, I spoke about uh, our geographic location being a strength, but the other strength that we have is our culture, right? And and the embedded DNA that we have in working across ethnicities, right? Uh, but let, let me go back to, to highlighting why I'm optimistic about the future of work in San Antonio and, and as a region. I, let's look back at Target 90. Uh, in the 19, 1983, uh, Henry Cisneros puts forward uh, this bold vision of what San Antonio could aspire to become. And it was inspiring. And the preface to that plan is this uh, article, which is uh, like a newspaper article. Right. It's a fictional is, article. It's a fictional right. article, right? <laughs> that says uh, San Antonio sets a tone for international discussions. And so I think that was perfect uh, for the 80s because we experienced a globalism in the 90s, right? due to uh, the trade agreements that were spearheaded by Bill Clinton, Tony Blair, uh, at the time Salinas de Huertari in Mexico, et cetera. But I, I think today we have achieved those international discussions. We, we, we got there. And fast forward in a similar way, SA 2020 doubled down on this idea of what the vision could become. And that was led by Julian Castro, and Julian Castro uh, doubled down on education and ha having a strong workforce. Uh, but what both of them shared, Target 90 and SA 2020, was this vision for the future of work. And one way that Julian did it was through uh, Launch SA, was through Cafe College. And I think those were bold ideas at the time. Fast forward today, we have experience uh, so much disruption. Uh, Post-COVID, uh, things have changed forever. And you add the, the aggressive digital age that we're living in, and things have been completely disrupted. You yeah. talk about the, you know, the, the great resignation or the great reshuffle, whatever you want to call it. It's happening. And people are deciding to work from home. And so... Where I see uh, my, optimistic, my, my optimism, where it stems from, is that uh, I think uh, as, a, as a society here in San Antonio, we are supportive of bold visions. We are supportive of each other and our industries, right? So when I talk about attracting uh, emerging enterprises, I think collectively in the past, we've done a good job. I mean, we have the Valeros, the Rackspace of the world. Uh, we have the geekdoms of the world that, that is incubating a lot of startups. We came out of geekdom, by the way, right, in, in downtown San Antonio. So I think it's about uh, being bullish with a new vision for San Antonio moving forward. Uh, but I think in order to attract emerging enterprises, right, again, why I'm optimistic is because you have multiple organizations, including Greater SATX, that is doubling down on the idea of, of also creating a culture, an ecosystem for innovation in San Antonio. And I think if we can achieve that, we're going to have a lot of new companies and a lot of young people stay or move to San Antonio because the quality of life is here. It's affordable. And it's a city that makes you fall in love with the idea that you can actually shape its future.
Versus if you go to a city like New York or Austin, where, where you know that growth, that influence has already been capped. You have already right. achieved that, right? And so in San Antonio, you can still mold the future of the city. So that gets me really passionate about why I think we can not only retain talent, but we we can welcome a new talent as well. I, let's let's talk about some obstacles though, too, yeah. right? Because Target ninety that was in nineteen eighty three. Julian Castro launches SA 2020 in 2010, right? 2010. Uh, here we are in uh, 2023, right? And 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 there are some there are some uh, consistent. I'm going to call them headwinds. Maybe that's not the right word. Uh, San Antonio yep. throughout that period uh, is basically one of yeah. the poorest, largest big cities. It's consistently right. you go to Pew or any kind of think tank. Yep. It's consistently one of the most economic segregated. Uh, you know, cities in the country. There's, we lag other major cities in terms of college education. And we're the right? third most impoverished uh, right. metro. Yeah. Right. You know, 78207 zip code is historically uh, understood as, as you know, uh, deeply impoverished, right? Hunger in America documentary in 1968, yeah. I think, or in the 1960s at least. Um, so, uh, so there, th this has been consistent despite these ambitious kind of political yeah. or lofty ideals. So, you know, when we talk about an environment that's disruptive, right, uh, the pandemic or uh, aggressive development yeah. in, in technology, what, how do we, how does yeah. the community navigate what these consistent um, challenges. We call them challenges, but these are actually people's lives, right? It's yep. generational. Uh, to you know, to, to poverty is generational. Lack of education is generational. There, there are huge ramifications for you know opportunities that people have or don't have. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. you know, you you talk about this, but but how how does how does that fit into um, um, it, how does that fit into the the moment that we're embarking on? As I guess is let's say SA twenty thirty, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the article is called Forward 2030, right? Right. Uh, and it alludes to the title of the series, San Antonio Forward. Now, I think, Josh, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, as a city, I think we need to do more of uh, exploration inwards. Uh, and we have to acknowledge our shortcomings. I think sometimes um, we don't like to admit uh, some of those shortcomings, like being one of the most impoverished areas in the country. And we're doing a disservice by, by not speaking about it uh, openly and publicly and finding solutions for them, right? And so uh, when I think about the article that I wrote, I, uh, I make a reference to what happened uh, at the peak of, of the pandemic. Uh, a photographer uh, from San Antonio Express News, what's his name again? William Luther. Yeah. Amazing photo that he took that went viral, right, at the food bank where you have long lines snaking their way into the food bank. And that photo went viral. I had friends from Europe, Mexico, texting me, like, hey, we saw San Antonio on the news. But we're known, we're getting known for the wrong reasons. And I, I don't want to be a city known for the wrong reasons. I want to be a city that is known for its economic and cultural potential. And so, how do we fix this, right? It's a loaded question. And I make the case on several items, right? Uh, but let's talk about reskilling and upskilling. Uh, when I, I think about future generations, um, they are digital natives. 
and they are adapting to the trends that this aggressive digital information age is bringing upon us. However, when we look at what's happening in cities across the country, specifically, let's look at San Antonio, you have programs like Ready to Work SA, which I support 110%, and I support the mayor on this initiative. And I think that trade and technical jobs are crucial. They are critical. However, when we look at the demand uh, that a lot of companies are driving in terms of skills, think of the Oracles, the Googles of the world, right? And that are driving a lot of automation and AI, they're looking for a different set of skills as well. So if we want to compete in the future, we need to double down on the trade and technical jobs because those are not going to be replaced by automation or AI. But we also need to nurture other skills. And I talk about nurturing analytical, critical thinking skills, and innovation capabilities. And I don't think we're doing enough of that. And, and you refer to, to that idea that I mentioned about CODEP partnering with the city or county. We need to do more of that. Look, the reality is that coding, it's also slowly going to disappear. Right. But, but leading and directing the machine, this AI machine, it's not going to disappear. We're going to be completely dependable on each other. So imagine if we train for the future of work in a way that allows us today to be more bullish on the future by introducing skill sets to our community so that we can compete with other cities across the country, right? And so I make the case on uh, on upskilling and reskilling because if we don't do that today, I, th I think we're doing a disservice to our youth. And what happens then our youth decides to move from, from San Antonio or we cannot c capture that retention. Yes, I was optimistic about the quality of life and the idea of shaping the future of the city. That That's great. And I think that's why I'm here. I think mm -hmm. that's why Beto's here too. But the reality is that a lot of a lot of people might not be as civic minded as we are, right? And might choose to move to New York because maybe they can find a job there, right? And so, if we're gonna be training and we're gonna be uh, nurturing skills among our youth and and not only youth but in general our population in San Antonio, the other side of, of this equation is jobs. We have to secure jobs for San Antonio, mm -hmm. and I don't think we're doing enough of that. And that's why I talk about attracting and recruiting emerging enterprises. We need to double down on that idea and be bullish and market the city so that more companies can move to San Antonio. And we cannot play underdog anymore. And it's not about competing with, with Austin or, or other cities. We have our own cultural value sets that allows us to sell the city in a way that becomes attractive to a lot of people throughout the United States. And I think we need to spend more time on the road. Our leaders need to spend more time on the road marketing the city and nurturing that collaboration between cities. What, yeah. would, what would those emerging uh, enterprises be? You know, I mean, uh, you identify them. I know the answer to this because I've read yeah, about yeah, that, yeah. But, but line, you know, what, what, would, what should, you know, civic leaders be focusing on? If we're talking about recruiting. Absolutely. So, so I, I, I talked about, uh, you know, nurturing the analytical, critical thinking skills and, and innovation capabilities. I'm doubling down on the idea of uh, cybersecurity and biotech. 110%. Those are core areas where we're gaining momentum. Yet, you know, I was, I spent a year in Cambridge 
And I was studying there and I remember talking to people about San Antonio and not a lot of people know that San Antonio is a hub for cybersecurity. Why did I bring up uh, cybersecurity? Because I was dealing with a lot of folks that were in military and that were getting their MBA. So they were thinking about technology and they were talking about cybersecurity all the time, yet they did not know that San Antonio is a hub for cybersecurity. Now it's given and the audience is going to pause and say, Beto, well, you don't market cybersecurity. Yes, I know. I understand. But there's a way to do it. And we're not doing enough of that, right? So that's what I refer on the article, right? That I think we need to double down on those two areas because the other areas that are going to grow is quantum computing, right? And if you can leverage cybersecurity and biotech in the quantum computing world, forget about it. I think we're going to be a powerhouse in terms of technology and innovation in the United States. You know, a big, uh, you want to chime in or? Uh, well, I think another important point, you know, in terms of making the city attractive is infrastructure, right? Like in order to attract these emerging, uh, emerging companies and enterprises, you need to have a livable city, right? A city 100%. that, a city that offers a good quality of life for people to really, you know, are willing to move their families thousands of miles, right? Or, you know, a few miles, uh, to come to San Antonio, right? You need, you need that attractive city that offers, um, those, those the quality of life, the quality of life. That's right. And so when I think also about how, how do we do that? And I say, you know, investing in infrastructure, uh, I think about, and this is going to come, you know, later in the series, um, how important it is to have a good, um, you know, like digital infrastructure, right? So when we talk about health care, which is one of the growing, um, sectors, you have now all these opportunities of, um, you know, healthcare employers, which is, you know, in regionally, this is one of the largest growing uh, industries and sectors. And so by having a good uh, infrastructure, digital infrastructure, you allow for all these people to have jobs and also to offer better, uh, you know, healthcare services to, to residents in San Antonio, but also in the region. The, the access to internet, right? I right. mean, we I are mean, still experiencing the digital divide. 2023, we're talking about it, right? It's like, right. it should be, it, it's a fundamental right, right? In, in the 21st century. Well, right. I, th I think Sorry, for like, for you, obviously you both are, are in tech, right? right? So when you say digital infrastructure, you, you have a certain idea of what that entails, but you know, a lot of people don't work in tech, right? They, right. you know, so, so specifically what, when you want a better digital infrastructure, uh, in San Antonio, right, to recruit or retain talent uh, or companies, what what is that? What is what is needed, right? What outline like it's you know, give me your yeah. your grocery store shopping list, so to speak. Well, I think it's just to have reliable uh, access to internet, right? Okay. Broadband infrastructure. That's what I mean, right? Right, like to be able to connect. If you're you know from your home, you're able to you know. Uh, open your your Wi-Fi uh, connection and connect and be able to access your classroom, be able to, you know, go to the doctor digitally. I mean, remember in the pandemic, right? We had this also another big case where uh, the city, I can remember who organized this, but they had uh, essentially some school buses carrying uh, right. right modems and they were driving around the city, being able to provide internet for people that couldn't go to school you know, could go, could right. online classes. Well, we had those huge challenges where even like districts were giving out laptops, but then at home there was no internet, right? Yeah. And so, and, and, and you know, there's certain neighborhoods where internet accessibility was just non-existent. So yeah, it's, it's strictly bro broadband infrastructure. Exactly. But, yeah. is it, but is there something? Yeah, no, I mean, look, I think I, yes, I, a hundred percent, I agree with, with Beto and uh, especially because we're in tech, right? I mean, so if our employees don't have access to the internet, right, it's going to be really hard for them to work, right? Uh, 
But let's talk about quality of life. You need walkable, bikeable, you need more density mm -hmm. communities here in San Antonio, right? I think a lot about uh, the clusters that are happening in the city. And I talk about that in the article. Uh, Bruce Katz, you know, he's uh, uh, an urbanist, uh, former chief of staff of Henry Cisneros when he was HUD secretary, uh, talks about this in his book, New Localism, uh, where he calls them innovation districts. And I think in San Antonio is happening. You can call them districts, innovation districts, clusters, whatever you want to call them, right? But it's happening slowly. It, it is a city that is spread, spread apart, right? It's sprawling. And you have the Pearl District. You have the Blue Star Complex. You have Velocity, uh, Texas in the east side. Nice. And, and the Blue Star Complex is in the south town area. You have the Commerce Corridor in the west side. You have the Rim and Stone Oak in the north side. And I think... You know, they, they function, you know, as a web of clusters. And of course, let's not forget the medical district as well. And I think that supports the quality of life in San Antonio. I think reaching that mass density, you know, like Sao Paulo did, is going to be extremely hard. And, and that's, that's, I don't think that's where we want to head, right? Because our quality of life will be affected. But what we need to do is nurture these clusters and they must have internet, of course. <laughs> but but going back to your question, I think it is digital infrastructure, but I think it's also uh, infrastructure that is conducive to a quality of life that also creates an entrepreneurial ecosystem. You know, a big part of the series is uh, looking at, at this region, right? The South Triangle region, South Texas Triangle, right? right? Yeah. And, and that's... A, it, you know, we we jump back and forth between calling it South Triangle and South Texas Triangle because the region extends into Monterrey, yeah. northern Mexico, right? So, you know, from a, a Mexican perspective, it might be the North Triangle region, right? Um, but I'm wondering if you can speak to how technology could be leveraged to to um, to connect uh, various communities, right? Because each community. <clears throat> has, whether you're talking about Laredo or San Antonio or Corpus Christi or Monterrey, has certain sectors that are um, particularly vibrant or, or, you know, a certain strength, right? And, and, and there must be a way to use um, uh, the internet and working from home that's emerged from, from the pandemic mm -hmm. to um, connect these sectors or to, uh, to meet certain needs. Like, just kind of speaking top of mind, we have a rural healthcare crisis. Yeah. Right? We have a lack, we have hospitals that are closing, we have a lack of medical uh, specialists in rural areas, but you could use telehealth, right? If there's internet connections Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, to, to get people Absolutely. some form of service. It might not be the exact same as in-person, right? But it's, it's a starting point. So right. how, do you, how, do you, yeah. how do you do that in a world of, you know, we have trade, uh, we have cybersecurity. How, how do you yeah. see these, things, these pieces connecting? So, I, so that's my last uh, focus area on the article, right? Which I talk about adaptation and collaboration. I think one of the biggest challenges, and, and we spoke about this before we started the podcast, is that uh, the cities in South Texas, in the region, and the relationship between San Antonio and Austin, we tend to operate in silos. And I think there's more in common between us, between the cities in this region, and between San Antonio and Austin than what separates us. And we gotta stop thinking in ways that, uh, of competing with each other, but rather collaborating with each other. 
I think a lot about uh, what Ricardo Hausmann talks about. He's an economist, and he stu- he studies the wealth of nations, uh, complexities in our economy, right? And he uses uh, the product forest, right? He talks about the trees being uh, representative of a product or service hmm. or good, and then the monkeys being the businesses uh, or the corporations that jump from one tree to another. Hmm. And he says that, you know, where you find more productivity is when the trees are nearby. And to connect the trees, right, you need capacity and capabilities. So I go back to what I was talking about, reskilling and upskilling, right? So imagine if we can connect the trees between what is happening in Corpus Christi and San Antonio. What are the economic strengths of each region and how can we can leverage those strengths, right? Because I think that uh, firms, you know, businesses, corporations, and individuals, they specialize. And regions such as the South Texas region or cities in the South Texas region, they are focused on diversifying. And that's, I think, the key for us to advance economically. And to your question, can we do it with technology? Absolutely. We can definitely connect the dots, right? But we go back to leadership, right? San Antonio leaders and Corpus Christi leaders in Brownsville, leaders, RGV, Laredo, you name it, Austin, we need to talk to each other and find ways where we can actually collaborate, economically speaking, where companies can actually build part of their products in San Antonio and maybe ship them to space in Brownsville with SpaceX. I think that's what is called the the network science, Mm -hmm. right? And if we can achieve that through technology, through remote working, through collaboration, through adaptation, I think, you know, we will be successful and we will compete, you know, for the future of work. All right. Yeah. Partnerships as well. I think, uh, when was the last week, I believe a delegation from San Antonio, like a business uh, community went to Monterrey and, you know, they were- A big de- delegation. A big it was delegation. like, yeah, it was like 40 people. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's, I mean, internet, that's a huge thing, right? Like the broadband uh, infrastructure, like you want to be able to have, cause that's the foundation. It's what allows uh, networks of institutions in academia, in healthcare, in you know trade, uh, industrial complexes, right? That's how you connect them. But then also you have to build the, the human relationships, right? You have to reach out and uh, you know engage in conversations. And so I think that they actually were able to strike a partnership between Tech de Monterrey and, and UTSA. Tech Millennial as well, yeah, yeah. Tech, So Tech Millennial was, I think, for the technical skills. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And Tech de Monterrey was more on the medical field. So I think they're gonna launch the first joint uh, medical program. Which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's right? fascinating. And those are the type of, uh, I think, opportunities that should be pursued, that should be advanced. And those conversations should uh, be encouraged more often. Because I think, you know, by engaging through, you know, through a regional landscape, yeah. we can build more of those types of uh, success stories. And what's the conversation that is happening about San Antonio and Austin? Everybody's talking about it. I mean, a lot of people, you know, younger generations as well, uh, on social media, you go to, uh, I don't know, Threads, Twitter, whatever, and people talk about San Antonio. San Antonio. Right? But yeah. people talk about the train having speed rail from San Antonio and Austin, right? Uh, imagine if that was a possibility, right? Uh, and this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us being more intentional with building those bridges and those collaborative efforts between San Antonio and Austin and the rest of the South Texas uh, region. If we were more intentional about collaboration in the past, that rail system would have already been built. 
Yes, it's given. I know the audience is going to pause and say, Beto, but Southwest Airlines and their lobbying and everything that went into that in the 80s, 70s. Yes, true. But you can still push for it, right? We had the 90s. We had the 2000s. Southwest Airlines is no longer just limited to Texas, right? There's an opportunity, but we need to invest in the future if we want to compete. But those are the conversations that need to happen, right? Of course. I think so. I mean... You start by you start building the future now, right? And so the best time to start is like right now, having those conversations. And I think, I mean, yeah, everywhere you go, you hear that, right? You hear, <laughs> hey, I would love to go to Monterrey by train, or I would love to go to Austin, you know, and skip the I thirty five, you know, hell, uh, drive from hell. It is, hell. Just, it is the drive from hell. It's horrible. I just drove uh, this weekend, and it was just you just have to be super focused. It's, you get to Austin, you're super tense. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, Samuel Garcia, the governor from Nuevo León, mm -hmm. keeps pushing this idea of train a rail system between Monterrey and Laredo and yeah. Laredo, uh, San Antonio. And I think Henry Cuellar, congressman, is also very supportive of that. Yeah. So there, the, we, there, the possibilities are there. Right. It's just us being more bullish on the future and mm. being more forward thinking, not limiting ourselves. And I go back to not playing underdog. I mean, yeah. We got to have a little bit of swag. It's that swagger. I mean, because we got to be proud of who we are, right? I mean, we are home to the Alamo. We are home to a Mexican-American culture that is very rich in tradition. Uh, we are home to the Spurs, right? When we just moved to San Antonio, we have a strong, robust economy. Yeah, it's, it has its shortcomings, right? We have the impoverished uh, issue going on right now in San Antonio. But we need to move beyond that. And we need to walk with a little bit of swagger and be more excited about the future of San Antonio. Well, I appreciate you both coming in, speaking with us. It's an exciting commentary. Um, if you're watching this, read it, check it out, and we'll keep the conversation going. I have one more comment. All right. And because at the end of the article, I close with uh, talking about San Antonio being the city of the future. Right. And I was inspired by a conversation that, that we had as a group, uh, the Presidential Leadership Scholars with uh, President Bill Clinton where I asked him a question about the state of affairs of our democracy. But before I asked the question, he asked me, well, you know, where are you from? And I said, uh, San Antonio, Texas. And he started talking about San Antonio for the next five minutes. And he said, San Antonio is the city of the future, where you have two Asian Americans leading the city and the county, and a 60% plus population that is Latino. It's a confluence of ethnicities, right? That have come together to move this city forward. And that's why I'm excited about this city. And I think our residents here in this city need to be excited and we need to be more forward thinking. Thanks to, thanks to both of you. It was great. Thank you. Thank you, Josh.